Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. So, folks, we're just a few weeks away from the NFL draft. Two weeks, actually, as you hear our voices. Super, super excited for that. Uh, more mock drafts to look at. The more you're unsure about what the Panthers will do with that number one overall pick. Excited for that pick. Excited for the draft as a whole. Dominic, how are you? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you? I am great, Dominic. Thank you for asking. Whenever we're talking football, I'm always in a good mood. So happy about that. Almost done school, doing my final paper. So I'm looking forward to be done. Let's jump into some NFL talk. Dominic, I'm going to throw it over to you right away. Big news for this week. OBJ signing a one-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens. $15 million guaranteed. A maximum up to $18 million this hopefully uh, putting in a good word, or I guess you could say putting in a, a good omen there to try and get Lamar back with the Baltimore Ravens. What are your initial thoughts on this move by Baltimore to finally get that wide receiver one for either Lamar or whoever the heck is going to be quarterback for this Ravens team? Hey, I'm 50-50 on it, William. Last week I yeah. said I didn't want to see Odell, or, and I didn't think Odell would sign as a Raven, and he did. $15 yeah. million dollars is a lot of money to pay a ride receiver. And I honestly think that eh, Odell's just not good enough in terms of his health, in terms of what he's done in the past few years. Yes, he had that one little moment in the Super Bowl where, yes, you know, he played really well, got injured, and technically, you know, he did what he did. He came in and did his job. And part of the reason the Rams won that Super Bowl was because of his performance. So I'm not going to lie and ignore that aspect. But I am going to also look at his tenor with the Cleveland Browns and he didn't do at all anything with Cleveland. So why would he go in a really weird division, the AFC North and suddenly perform the way the Ravens would like the only way that I actually see him succeed, believe it or not, is if that he's not number one in Baltimore mm -hmm. is that he stays kind of like in the shadows and plays his role and they keep on having Rashad Bateman as being your number one wide receiver. I truly think he is a number one. And I think that with Lamar, the rapport is already developed there. Hopefully, if Lamar does stay, that Odell doesn't come like in that locker room, disrupt it and say, I'm the new guy. Feed me the ball. Because I don't think it's going to work out for the Ravens too well. I honestly think Lamar is not coming back to Baltimore. It's over for Lamar in baltimore unless hey don't yeah. worry it's it's hard to walk away from 45 million dollars uh which is about how much the top quarterback would be paid the next year if you're franchise tagged so right. all that being said is he going to walk away from that that's hard to do you know you could try to pull every single year like kirk cousin did and uh, stay with baltimore on a yearly basis but we all know lamar doesn't want that and I think Lamar knows that he deserves a bit better, which is obviously a long-term contract. So no, I don't think Odell is going to be uh, bringing Lamar to Baltimore. I think the Ravens are going to do something very surprising come the draft. They talked about bringing in two ride receivers in the draft, which is possible. But at the end of the day, it doesn't work in Odell's favor if there's more competition at the ride receiver position. So, no, look for Baltimore to do something very weird at the draft. And I think Lamar Jackson will be involved. He'll probably get traded. And that's how I see it happening uh, before the draft. Yeah, a lot of good takes there, Dom. I think that, you know, one of the things that I got to agree with is, you know, maybe for OBJ, it's better that he's not necessarily that wide receiver one in Baltimore. You don't want to come in and have all that pressure on you. And um, unfortunately, you know, fortunately, unfortunately for him, uh, you know, the, the pressure will probably be on him because he, he will ultimately be that wide receiver one. At the end of the day, look, you have Mark Andrews there, a great tight end, but, uh, you know, he... Uh, he's definitely not limited. He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. But I just think when you bring in a guy like Odell, you're expecting him to be a wide receiver one. Let's take this from just a Baltimore Ravens point of view and excluding Lamar just for this situation and about trying to get him back. I got to say, I love this move for the Ravens. I really do. I know 15 to $18 million a year for OBJ is a lot. Is he worth it? You know, maybe, maybe not. But this team has been lacking a true wide receiver for a long, long time. Like, you're just trying to remember the last time these guys had a wide receiver that they could rely on, whether it was third down or make a big punch play. They've had a lot of great 
plug-in receivers. We're a lot of good like wide receiver twos over the course of the, the last few seasons, but really not that guy. And like maybe see, since Steve Smith or Anquan Bolden, the, these guys haven't seen that wide receiver. And for years and years and years, Baltimore Ravens fans were pleading uh, to the Ravens to get a wide receiver. And finally they did it here. And look, ultimately... I'm a big fan of getting stuff done no matter the cost. And I know that sounds a little weird at times because you want to get your, you know, your best value. And in the draft, you don't want to be necessarily trading up to be quote unquote reaching for a guy uh, because you want to have the best value pick. And a lot of people like, you know, say that and, and value, um, you know, that point of view. But for me, if you're getting a player that you want, and as long as it's not an egregious amount that like we've seen wide receivers, in this day and age, get a lot of money. And, you know, with the, with the money these top wide receivers are getting, yeah, 15 to 18 is a, is a lot for Odell. But I don't think it's, you know, completely out there. I don't think it's completely ridiculous. And I just think that for the Baltimore Ravens franchise, this is really what they needed. And is OBJ going to be what he used to be? Who knows? He's coming off an injury. But one thing's for sure is that he was going to have a heck of a Super Bowl. And he did have a heck of a Super Bowl when he got injured um, in, with the, uh, the, ch- the championship, the Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals. He was potentially going to be MVP in that game. He had two catches. He had a touchdown. He was rolling in that first half. And then he ended up, unfortunately, getting injured. But uh, his moxie and his swag for that game was, you know, was, was great. And I think that's what this Baltimore Ravens team needs. And look, if you're talking about trying to get Lamar back, I think this only helps. I can't see it hurting. You know, you get a, um, another weapon for him. Uh, it's, you know, safe to say that Baltimore was lacking weapons at the wide receiver position slash um, offense position in general. And for me, this only helps Lamar. And look, at the end of the day, you got to hope for Baltimore that they get a deal done with Lamar. And this ends up helping them because I think that's why they ended up pulling the trigger here for OBJ. That was the ultimate goal. But I think for Baltimore, just as a franchise, and, you know, even if we try and exclude Lamar Jackson, I think this is great. And I really do think this is what they needed. So hopefully they're able to to get the deal done with Lamar and it puts more incentive for him to come back. But I just think Baltimore needed to get a, a wide receiver. They need to get something done. Similar to Green Bay needing to get a wide receiver two for Aaron Rodgers. They didn't do it. Everyone knows they need to do it. Baltimore here needed to get that, that finally that one weapon for, for Lamar or where was quarterback there. And they did it so I gotta say, I really like the move, Dominic. I get where you're coming from, but for me, initial thoughts are: I'm I'm proud of Baltimore, and I think they did what they had to do. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I think that Odell, as I said, is a decent wide receiver. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl, but does he fit the scheme that Baltimore is going to put in, which is a running game? And how will Odell react to that running game mentality? Is he going to be a team player? Those are all the red flags that I think that. Baltimore is going to have to deal with. However, does he fit the Baltimore personality? Absolutely. Odell will fit that personality, that culture very well. And if he just plays his role, doesn't disrupt the locker room so much, I think if Lamar does stay, it could be very beneficial for the Ravens. And that's a big could. I'm going to throw you a question. If Lamar doesn't stay in Baltimore, I'm going to say a team, and you have to really tell me honestly if it's a good fit because I looked at this team, I looked at the the division, and I said, why is he not going there? And that team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) I really think that this team is absolutely loaded and would fit Lamar like a glove. Like you have super experienced ride receivers in Tampa Bay in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Both those guys would provide a lot of confidence for Lamar right out of the gate. And at the end of the day, Tampa Bay is a really strong defensive team. So they could stay in good, you know, closer games in a division that is wide open. Would Lamar be willing to play on a three-year contract only for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, that's a great question, Dom. Why not? Right. If you're Lamar, why not? Like you said, you have an established team here. And it's something I talked about with Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago. I said, why isn't anybody talking about A-Rod potentially going to the Tampa Buccaneers? A lot of the response was he doesn't want to follow in Brady's footsteps. And okay, I get that. But if we just take that away for a second, this is a team that won the Super Bowl a few years ago. It's a team that always was always competitive for a Super Bowl run, except for this past year where they ended up struggling. But 
you're right, Dom. They still have the wide receivers in place to make a run. They still have a heck of a good defense, like you said. I know you really do like that defense because it is one of a one of the best defenses in the NFL. This division is wide open. If you're Lamar, you know what? I guess if for Lamar's point of view, I, I I would say for sure. It's more for me. I would be concerned from Tampa's point of view. I wonder how the system would have to necessarily cater to Lamar. He'd have to become more of a pocket passer, right? Like, that's what I believe. And is he that just yet? I don't think he is. For me, it's more a beneficial to Lamar rather than Tampa Bay. Look, if you're Tampa Bay at the end of the day, I think Lamar gives you a better chance to win a Super Bowl this year than anybody that they're going to have on their roster now, than Kyle Trask, whoever the quarterback. So, yeah, it would be, be beneficial for the Tampa Bay Bucks as well to get a guy like Lamar, right? Lamar... You know, I'm not, I don't think he's a top five quarterback, but I do still think that he has, um, you know, reason to, to, to be sought after from other NFL teams. And he did win an MVP. So for sure, from Lamar's point of view, I think this would be great for him. Now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right now, for the chance to win a Super Bowl this upcoming year, it may be their best chance, right, to get in a guy like him, to get an experienced QB. I just wonder if their goal is to, you know, to kind of, get Kyle Trask in, get him reps, kind of, you know, prep him for what could potentially be a long career in Tampa Bay. But that's a good point, Dom. A lot of people have not mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a spot for Lamar or as any quarterback in general really looking for a job. And we've seen crazier things happen. I think this could be mutual, ben mutually beneficial for both parties here, but especially for Lamar. If I'm Lamar and I'm getting offered by Tampa Bay, I'm taking it in a heartbeat. I would imagine so, William. I honestly think that if you're Lamar Jackson, you're saying to yourself, okay, Nobody wants to pay me right now. Fine. I'm probably going to have to play out maybe on a one-year contract. But what if I surround myself with better players at the wide receiver position? Well, better players. Quote, unquote, do you think Mike Evans is a better wide receiver than Bateman? I would say probably. Do you think Chris Godwin is probably better than Odell? I would say probably. And it's just a question is, do you want to have a new, you know, opportunity? And I think this is what he's going to be struggling with. I think deep down, Lamar always wanted to stay a Raven. And he thought that he was going to be there for life. He had a mission since the draft. He's like, I'm going to be winning some Super Bowls. But he had a chip on his shoulder because he was drafted very late in that draft. And he proved a lot of people wrong winning MVP. If I'm Lamar, I feel disrespected. I'm getting out of town. I'm going to prove a lot of people wrong. And I'm using a team potentially like Tampa Bay, who are already set at the wide receiver position. So you got to make a move, Lamar. And time's ticking. And the longer you wait, I think it's the harder it is going to be for him to get the value that he wants. I still think this happens at the draft. But yeah. after the draft, if I don't see within a week that nothing has been done with Lamar, every day after the draft will be a ticking time bomb in terms of his value. And at the end of the day, he'll probably have to play with Baltimore the longer he waits. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back with Baltimore. I really wouldn't just because if there's not going to be a team that he gets traded to, that works with an agreement, that finds out, you know, the, the amount he wants per year. We've seen a lot of teams, as soon as Lamar was available, said they were out, right? And it's super, super rare you see that in today's NFL. You should have a lot of teams say, like, okay, I'm in. Let's try and work something out. So there's just something here about Lamar that doesn't attract, um, that's not attracting, uh, you know, NFL organizations towards. They're scared, man. The NFL that's the is thing. Just, they're all scared. They don't want to pull the trigger on a great athlete like Lamar. Lamar is maybe not the best quarterback at the position, but he offers other skill sets. And I'm shocked that nobody in the NFL, when you just saw Hurts make it to the Super Bowl, that yeah. they're not willing to invest at least three years. But again, we don't know the, the ins and outs of the contract or what Lamar exactly wants. That's the, the nuances that we don't have. But man, someone's got to pull the trigger on Lamar. I will well, expect it. Yeah. And I guarantee you that someone will. I got that deep down feeling that somebody will. And it's going to happen at the draft. Honestly, that, that's a very, very good prediction there. I think this year's draft is going to be like a, a bananas, first of all. I think there's a lot riding on this draft. You look at Lamar, you look at Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of potential trades being done here. I spoke to a lot of Jets fans, and they believe that the reason this deal hasn't been done is because they're waiting for the draft. And okay, look, if everything happens at the draft for, for the Jets and for Lamar, 
uh, the Jets A-Rod and Lamar Jackson and wherever he decides to go, that would be great. But there's a lot of pressure this year in the draft in general for teams to get stuff done, to get their potential franchise quarterbacks here. Because look, there's been a lot of stuff. There's been a lot of, you know, sitting, waiting, sitting, waiting. And for sure, a lot of times it happens in the draft and that's where stuff uh, you know, the, the magic happens in the NFL. But if there's if the NFL is going to be uh, this year in the draft, it's going to be, you know, kind of a, a stale there in terms of trades and seeing Lamar and different guys go. Then I really wonder where this leaves, uh, you know, guys questioning at the quarterback position like Lamar and like Erod. So I think it'll be a very exciting draft for the players being drafted and for the potential trades that we see. So at this point, we are about eight hours away from the NFL draft tonight. I'm excited. I know we got uh, a lot of other sports on as well. You got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. It's a great time of year to be a sports fan, specifically an NFL fan in general. I love that there is no off season. So we talked about the um, Carolina Panthers at number one and what we assume they're going to do. It's got to be Bryce Young. Look, crazier things have happened, but let's just bookmark it there. Bryce Young taking his talents to the Carolina Panthers. Houston at number two is where it gets interesting. And I've seen some mock drafts that have Houston not taking a QB or trading down. No, 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 no. Boys, don't don't try and get cute here. Don't. don't not that it's draft capital, yada, yada, yada. Let's, you know, try and build around Davis Mills or wait till we have a better team to draft a quarterback. Don't be cute here is my advice to the Houston Texans. Bryce Young is taking one. That means you're going to have everybody else available. You take, you sit there at number two, you take CJ Stroud or whatever quarterback you believe is best. For me, CJ Stroud at number two, you take him and you build around him. I've seen, I, I don't know if it's smokescreen or, or, or what it is. Um, trying to throw teams off. But I've seen more and more mock drafts that have Houston taking a non-quarterback or trading down. For me, that'd be a huge mistake. My advice, don't get cute. Say they're a two. You take a quarterback here. You haven't had a great quarterback in a very long time. Last one was really Deshaun Watson, but we know how that panned out. You sit there and, uh, and you know, CJ Stroud is arguably the best quarterback in this draft. He did great things with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, uh, yeah, through Houston, I really don't think you can overthink this one. And I really hope they take the route of the quarterback because that's where they should be going. And if they don't take a QB, I can see them regretting it uh, for years to come. This is going to be a really important pick for the Houston Texans. You said it right there. For many years to come, what is this team going to do? But... The more that I hear what they're going to do, the more that I'm thinking that they will not draft C.J. Stroud. And oh, to man. me, I mean, okay, are they going to try to tank? Obviously, no team tries to tank. But the big prize and jewel in next year's draft is Caleb Williams out of USC. So if Houston decides to go defense here... The only strategy that I can think in my mind is that they're going to play very conservative football, very similar to what they just did last year, but I don't see it. I mean, my heart tells me CJ Stroud should get drafted here, but my mind tells me, oh no, man, uh, something's going to happen here and they're going to draft a player. What player will that be in terms of defense? And it probably either is Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Now, Jalen Carter, if he didn't have all those off-field issues, he probably would go there. But I think it's going to be Will Anderson. I think C.J. Stroud, unfortunately, is going to start to drop in this draft. I don't know how far he's going to drop. But no, I don't think – I think the Texans are going to draft Will Anderson. Wow. I think that this guy is a smart, good defensive end. But I don't think I would draft him at number two. But expect the Texans to do that. For me, that'd be dumb. And I'm not saying I'm not saying what you just said was dumb at all. I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Houston take – uh, a non-QB as well. You talk about Caleb Williams and, you know, that could potentially be a great fit and, you know, you never know what's going to happen next year and Houston will probably be poor again this year if they don't take a quarterback. But you don't know if you're going to have the number one pick next year. You don't know if a team's going to trade up. I don't think you can wait and hang your hat on getting a guy like Caleb Williams next year, especially when this year we talked about great quarterback classes. And for me, that's this is one of the best in the last little while. And, you know, these are quarterbacks that are ready to to take over. And, you know, we've seen different mock drafts that have CJ Stroud and, and Bryce Young taking at one. So you got to think that these two are, are by far the two best quarterbacks in the draft. So if you're able to get one of the two, why wouldn't you do that if you're Houston? I'm, you know, I, I get the... You want to build around your guys and make sure they have 
a chance to succeed. And maybe they think if they've taken a guy like CJ Stroud, they're not giving him the pieces. Okay, I get that. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure you get your right guy. And for me, you just can't bank on waiting and hopefully getting Kelly Williams next year. You're sitting at number two, right? Teams would kill to have the second overall pick. Some teams haven't drafted in the top 10 in years, years, years. Obviously, that's a good thing because it means they've been making the playoffs and doing good things. But if you're Houston here, I think that would be a huge mistake. I don't think you could overthink it. I'm not saying I'm not a fan of any of the defensive players. I think that, uh, you know, Carter and, uh, and you know, a lot of these guys are very, very good players and, you know, have the potential to turn a franchise around. But you don't have uh, often where you're able to sit number two and say, you know what, we're going to sit here and we're going to take the, the player that we want. I, I just, I, I wouldn't be a fan. I think it's taking a huge risk. And um, I think that if you're Houston, kind of like what I said before, I think, you know, you're maybe trying to get, you know, a little bit creative here, surprise some teams, maybe listen to a trade. I, I'm just not a big fan of it because you just don't know when you're going to be in this situation before. And who's to say that Caleb Williams will be better than CJ Stroud or better than whoever you take at number two, whether it's Richardson, whether surprisingly Bryce Young is available. Um, for me, it just wouldn't be the right thing. And I think you need to install some juice and energy into this fan base. And right now, this team doesn't really have that much, you know, to look forward to with, uh, you know, their superstars leaving year in and year out. And uh, you got to give these fans a reason to come to games. So if you're Houston and you don't take a quarterback here, for me, even, you know, as a non-Houston Texans fan, that would be frustrating just because I feel like they have the perfect opportunity here. And I think too many times... Teams wait on, you know, getting the quote-unquote perfect player that they think will fit their system. And there's no guarantee whatsoever that Houston will be picking in the top five next year. They could surprise people. They could stay with uh, Davis Mills, draft the defender here, and, you know, maybe finish 6-11 and 11 in the season. Is that going to be good enough for a top five pick? Probably not. So I think if you don't take a QB with Houston here, uh, I think you're playing with fire. And I think this is really where the draft starts. So I'm praying for Houston uh, and for those fans that uh, that they take uh, – CJ Stroud here at number two. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you just said. I think that CJ Stroud is the pick here. However, you know, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach and yeah. defense wins championship in my book as well. They must have something dialed in uh, in terms of the defensive scheme, and they might have a player to help that defense become, you know, extremely competitive in that division. That's the only way I see it. And a long shot here, and I do say a long shot, is there's rumors out there that maybe Lamar Jackson could be a Houston Texan when this draft's all said and done. That would be fireworks, and a lot of people wouldn't see that coming. But I'm not going to – I think the longer this drags out in Baltimore, the longer I think Lamar is going to stay in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And for Houston, you know, we all run our franchises differently. And they do have old man Case Keenum there. Maybe they bring in Carson Wentz to add some more competition, fuel to the fire. But, you know, I would not be shocked because the Mikkel Ryans is a defensive coach that they go defense at number two. Yeah, you know, you you hit it. I think you maybe keep seeing me slowly, slowly. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to say they pick they pick CJ Stroud here at number two because I hope they damn well do. But it's a good point that, uh, you know, Mikkel Ryans being that defensive mind head coach, being a D.C., uh, in his uh, in his last uh, well in his prior season to uh, to coming into this year with Houston, so that'll be interesting. I really do believe that's where the draft starts because you got to figure number one is going to be Bryce Young. Then you have Arizona at three, you have Indianapolis at four. What do you expect here? I'd be surprised if Arizona takes a QB at three. Um, obviously, we talked about potentially being trade rumors and. You know, teams looking to trade up. Uh, I could see, I could see the Colts going from four to three. I really could, just because I think they need the quarterback. And you know, okay, you know, is trading up one spot really, you know, that smart of a that's smart of a pick there? I think it is simply because you can have teams trading up with Arizona right to get to number three. I don't think Arizona's going to take a quarterback. I think they're stuck on Kyler Murray. But if you're, excuse me, if you're Indianapolis here and you stay at four, banking on Arizona not taking a QB, what if a team trades up right now? I think that. This year, more than ever, we can expect a lot of teams trading up because of how great these quarterbacks are. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see what Arizona does at three, but I would not be surprised to see Indianapolis going from four to three and then taking a quarterback there, whether that be Richardson, Will Levi, or whoever they think is going to uh, lead their franchise. Arizona needs this to be a slam dunk of a pick. And to me, the one slam dunk, if you want to change the culture in Arizona and you're and you're having problems, and you want to get the fan base excited, fans like offense, and if you want a dynamite pick, and you want to reach for this guy, 
draft BJ Robinson. Wow. I think that <laughs> this guy would be a huge injection of offense, a huge injection of confidence for Kyle Murray to say, oh, look at who I have behind me. And I, we talked about James Conner being a decent average running back in the NFL, but BJ Robinson is in a league of his own. Whoever gets this guy might have the best pick of this draft. I truly think this guy is going to turn heads all over the NFL and Arizona needs to do something to blow people's minds, to blow people out of the water, to take pressure of people talking about Kyle Murray in Arizona. Yeah, and you know, I, I it's, it's a bold pick, Dom. It really is because I think that, you know, talk about running backs and not drafting them in the first round. So you're okay. Not only would they be drafting a running back in the first round, they'd be drafting a running back at number three overall. So I guess you kind of throw that don't take an RB in the first round BS out the window. <laughs> 100%. When you got a guy like this guy that's virtually three downs, can catch the ball in the backfield, has moves galore that we haven't seen for a long time. This guy truly is a gifted, gifted running back. And I can't wait to see him week one in the NFL. Whoever gets this guy, and I hope Arizona does, because they need to hit this out of the park, it would be B.J. Robinson. Okay, I like that. Good take, John. Bold stuff there. I like it. Let's say Indianapolis stays at four or whatever they do. They take a quarterback here. I know you have kind of have a few needs. I think the water receiver position is pretty solid for these guys. Defensively, I think they're okay. It, it's got to be a quarterback for Indianapolis at four, right? Or let's say they trade back and, you know, who knows what happens. But if they stay pat at four, I have I have a hard time believing it's not a QB here. I would love the boldness of drafting my favorite player of the entire draft. I know I love BJ, but... I'm going to go and say Anthony Richardson will like be the best quarterback in this draft. In this wow. modern NFL, you need a team to be bold enough to go on fourth down a lot. And a guy like Anthony Richardson gives you exactly what we just saw with Jalen Hurts, but to me, even better. So Indianapolis' entire culture would change, and it would be the Anthony Richardson show. They have an offensive line to honestly help him out tremendously week one. And I know that usually I'm a kind of guy that says you got to sit your QB week one mm -hmm. in the NFL. As a matter of fact, the entire season so he can learn the playbook. But with these new hybrid quarterbacks that can do it all, that they're so young and you're probably going to just capitalize on his career, most likely his first five years. You want to put him in there right away. A guy like Anthony Richardson, week one, he'll play on instinct. In other words, if he doesn't see the his probably his first read, because he probably will only be able to see one or two reads, he will take off and run. And behind that offensive line that underperformed last year, I think that was just an asterisk. I think this year they're going to be a lot more solid. And they also have an amazing running back as well and a solid defense. So all the ingredients are there for Anthony Richardson to really do an amazing thing in Indianapolis. Indianapolis plays in a dome. So what? there's no weather issue. It's not going to be another excuse for another quarterback that's coming in. Oh, I'm playing in, in tough weather. You're playing in a dome. Mm -hmm. Best landing spot, Anthony Richardson for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm totally with you on that. I think Indianapolis will slash should draft Anthony Richardson if they stay put at four, if ever he's able to fall into their lap. I think the fit is good. Um, I think that this is another team that's kind of been reeling the last few seasons. And, you know, we thought we'd be better with, you know, Matt Ryan and maybe take them uh, to uh, to an AFC South title. Unfortunately, things did not work out there. So I think a guy like Richardson that could be the most exciting dynamic player in this draft could be just the fit for those Colts. At five, you got Seattle. <laughs> Crazy to think that after making the playoffs, they'll be sitting at five. You got the Lions at six, Raiders at seven. Here, I'm curious to see what Seattle does at five. Uh, this is probably the team that I'm least sure of where they're going to go. If you talk about teams going in the top 10, they could take a quarterback, right? To back up Geno Smith. You, you, I don't think you could bank on Geno Smith having another great year. I think the story was great. And I think that 
Geno Smith deserved to stay in Seattle, and I'm happy they gave him another one-year extension. I'm not sure if you could expect the same thing, though, out of him this year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a quarterback here. I think it's a team that has a, lot of, has a lot of needs. If you're talking about running backs and B.J. Robinson potentially being available, they just don't seem to have a running back that can stay healthy on the Seahawks roster. I can see that being a good fit there. I can see them going defense. Seattle at five will be interesting for me. I, I, look, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do at number five. Well, they got a massive player in front of them. And that guy is Jalen Carter. If there's a guy that could play anywhere under a great head coach, it's Jalen Carter. This guy is a role player, and I don't want to see him being the number one guy on a defense. And the way Carroll kind of like creates a beautiful culture around his football team, the, the number of college championships that he was able to, to get, I think he's a a motivator and a guy that could just take out all those distractions out there and really mold a player exactly how he should. And Jalen Carter, if you land in Seattle, oh boy, Geno Smith, man, who would have thought that first of all, that Geno Smith was going to make it all the way in the playoffs last year. That defense would be so solid. They would contend with the division against the 49ers, who I think most likely will win that division again this year. Between the 49ers and Seahawks, adding Jalen Carter against those rookie quarterbacks out there in, in Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, you can eat those guys for breakfast. Seattle would be very smart to draft Jalen Carter. That could be a good fit. And, you know, you talk about defense and grit. I think Jalen Carter does suit what Pete Carroll does in, in Seattle. You know, kind of that, uh, you know, not going to be afraid to toss guys around and, you know, kind of had that, that mean, uh, I guess you could say grit to the team. I think that being a good fit, I think you may have convinced me there that could be um, what Seattle does. Curious, I would not be shocked to see them take a quarterback. I really wouldn't. I could see if Anthony Richardson is available, that they do that. Uh, Seattle does. At six, you have the Detroit Lions. Like I said, seven, you have the Raiders. Eight, you have Atlanta. So this gets interesting here. We want to see in the top 10. Lions, okay, Las Vegas. I'm curious to see what the what the Las Vegas Raiders do. For me, it's Atlanta at eight. Um, it doesn't look like Lamar will be going to Atlanta. Obviously, you know, this is pure speculation. Now we we don't know what the heck is gonna happen with Lamar. No one does. I don't even think Lamar knows what's gonna happen with Lamar. Let's say this doesn't happen. Uh, I know I've been talking a lot about QBs because I really think this is the draft of quarterbacks. What does Atlanta do at eight? I think it's it's I think it's gotta be offense. Um, I think you need a spark with this with this offense. And I think that, you know, Drake London was a great pickup and uh addition out of out of USC. So what does Atlanta do here at eight? Do they trade back, do they try and get some capital capital. Uh can they stay and get a quarterback as well? Surprisingly, I feel like we haven't really seen many teams talk about Atlanta taking a quarterback here. I can see that being a case. I can see them taking best player available. And I know I said I think it's gonna be offense, but um I think that if Atlanta doesn't take a QB here, it may just be one of those best player available, you know Give me, uh, for me, it's going to be either Anderson out of Alabama because surprisingly I have him slipping or Carter here. Uh, I could see being one of them too if none of them are taken. So I could see being uh, Anderson there out of Alabama, Crimson Tide, if he's able to stay there. Um, yeah, what do you think about that, Dom? Is there, is there a, a decent chance Atlanta takes a quarterback? I think that we haven't really seen uh, many uh, sources talk about this team snatching a quarterback. For me, it just makes sense. You know... I think Arthur Smith has a really good game plan going on in Atlanta. Yeah, mm -hmm. they faltered a little bit late in last season, but I think that their identity is running the football. Yeah. And if you add another huge offensive lineman here, either Paris Johnson or you can even take Peter Skoronsky, either of those guys would be a great fit for the Atlanta Falcons and help that running game. I, I truly think that Atlanta is sold on their quarterback situation, which is bizarre because I honestly think that Desmond Ryder is really terrible. But then again, he might prove me wrong this year. They did add a good insurance policy in Taylor Heineke. Mm -hmm. Taylor Heineke could, by midseason, take over this quarterback situation and become the star potentially that a lot of people thought he was going to be in Washington, especially last year, right? So... Taylor Heineke is a good backup pick. They got Desmond Ryder. They're going to be running the football and dropping offensive linemen. And Atlanta will be just where they're supposed to be fighting for the division next year.
Good take. I like it. Talk about O-line. Chicago sitting there at nine after trading with the Carolina Panthers. For me, I think this is a pick. This is an O-line pick. You put all your chips on the table. You say, okay, Justin Fields is our guy. We're going to stick with him. I think you got the wide receivers here. Running backs, yeah, okay, you just need guys that are going to stay healthy. Defensively, I think these guys are pretty solid as well. Uh, for me, I'd be surprised if it's not O-line here. I think you want to protect what you have in Justin Fields. You got to protect what you have in Justin Fields. You said mm -hmm. it perfectly. You go O-line here. Justin Fields is going to be probably the best quarterback in terms of his improvement in year three. He will be dynamite. The Bears will shock a lot of people next year, in my personal opinion. They did some great trades to mold their team. They had some great defensive pickups in free agency. You protect your quarterback, you draft O-line here. Parrish Johnson, if he's there, wow, look out for the Bears. Round out the top 10, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. They have two picks in the first round here. I know you're high on Robinson, and I think that with the loss of Miles Sanders and with how much this team loves to run the football, if everything pans out the way that we predicted, and at number 10, well, I predict at least because I think Robinson will still be available. If he's there at 10, I think this is you, you got to be licking your chops here and you snatch Robinson right away if you're Philadelphia. Uh, this team loves to run the football, they do it with their running backs, they do it with their quarterbacks, and this is a guy that's built tough and he's going to grind for those extra yards. I think he fits this team. We talk about fit, that is a good fit for me. And if he's available at 10, I think that. This is going to be a good fit for the Eagles. And, uh, you know, you want to have a guy that's going to be able to plug in place, carry the football, be that three down back, like you said. I think with the loss and slash injury they've had to their running backs over the last few seasons, I'd go Robinson here at 10 for Philadelphia if he's available. You know, Philadelphia is going to be a very different team next year. They lost some pretty darn talented players. So it's going to be something that I would agree if Robinson's there, potentially that would be a good fit because they do run the ball a lot. I think they're going to go with Kenneth Gainwell probably as their number one next year. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe I'm wrong because they did pick up Rashad Penny uh, in free agency as well. Give me yep. a guy that I like in this draft is Miles Murphy. I think he is a big boy that's a ball hawk that is going to be probably the best defensive player out of this draft. Yes, that's saying a lot with Carter and Anderson, but I love Miles Murphy from Clemson. If the Philadelphia Eagles get their hands on him, that defense becomes a lot stronger after, after losing a lot of great players in free agency. We kind of did a brief resume of what we think is going to happen in the top 10. Then you got at number 11 here will be the Tennessee Titans. This is an interesting team. I've heard a lot of rumors about them kind of giving up on um, Malik Willis, who they drafted a few years back. Ryan Tano's future with the Tennessee Titans is in doubt. So it'll be cool to see what happens with, with Tennessee here. Where do you think they're going to go, Dom? Do you think they trade up? Do you think they trade back? Uh, do you think they sit pretty at number 11? And if they do, what uh, what player do you think they potentially draft at 11? Well, they could pick up Jackson Smith and Ingba. I think that this guy's a solid number two. I don't know. I know it's funny to say a, a receiver to be number two when you're drafting so high. But they do have Tennessee a few decent ride receivers and they're really a team first mentality. So a guy like Jackson Smith fits in like a glove and he probably ends up solidifying that ride receiver position up in Tennessee. And a lot of people have this guy as being the number one ride receiver in this draft. So why not him for the Tennessee Titans? I think that would make sense there. And then you got number 12, you got Houston picking again. So they have two picks in the top 12. For me, this is a team that has to hit a home run uh, on both their picks, not just one. Houston's been reading for the last few seasons. You got to make sure you get a solid pick at number two, excuse me, a solid pick at number 12. And you got to make sure that you know this team is heading in the right direction. So, Dom, you had at number two them sitting pretty and taking someone on the defense. Does that mean at number 12 they're sh a shoo-in to take a quarterback? No, I think there's so many great DBs in this draft, and it's up to you to figure out which one you like. Between Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, and Joey Porter Jr., the way the NFL's played this year, or not this year, but in the last couple of years, with an amount of points being scored, wide receivers need to be covered. Any one of those DBs will be amazing in the NFL. I would go with Devin Witherspoon. He's my favorite guy. He's strong. He's hard-hitting. He's only 5'11", but I think out of all three, he's the best DB. Give me Devin Witherspoon for the Houston Texans.
Yeah, Witherspoon solid. Christian Gonzalez, too, is a guy I had an eye on. I like him. He's long. He's kind of just rangy and a guy that can, uh, you know, kind of move very good laterally. And I think that that would be a, a nice addition for the Houston Texans as well. So you have Houston not taking a quarterback. That'd be, uh, that'd be a surprise. Stranger things have happened. Green Bay at number 13 now after the trade. They, they move up from 15 to 13. Uh, this is another team that could go in a lot of ways. So Jordan Love, you got to assume, is going to get the QB1 reps this year. Do they add talent for him? Do they try and protect him? Do they take the finally take the wide receiver after trading uh, A-Rod? I could see this being this pick for Jonathan Smith and Jingba here and taking his talents to Green Bay. For me, this would make a lot of sense or any wide receiver that Green Bay thinks is the fit. We've been linking the Packers to wide receivers for how many years now? Maybe after finally getting rid of Aaron Rodgers is the year they actually do that and take the wide receiver to help out their QB. It's tough. You have Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watkins, and Jordan Love's going to say to himself, okay, I have two solid receivers. Do I want a third one? You know what? Why not? Because Jordan Love, to me, is a below-average quarterback, and you're going to have to surround him with the best cast ever. I like Quinton Johnson here. I think mm -hmm. another huge tower besides Watkins is going to be unbelievable for Green Bay's passing game, and Jordan Love is going to have to do half of it with his legs. I don't think he needs any help anywhere else other than the right receiver position that is currently average, but Quinton Johnson would put that team over the top offensively. All right, good stuff. Then at 14, you have the New England Patriots there. This is a, you know, we talk about teams that, you know, could go in, in many different ways. I think this is a team as well. Uh, you've got the latest mock draft here, have them taking uh, Peter Skronsky uh, out of Northwestern. They're the offensive lineman. I can see that happening. You know, a big guy like him, uh, I can see them going. Um, I'd be surprised if they go defense. I just think that, you know, this offense was has been predictable over the last little while. You know, Mac Jones and Belichick, we're not sure if Belichick be has become the biggest fan of him. I think this team needs a spark. This needs a spice. I, I think they're going to go offense here. I'd be surprised if they go defense. And, you know, potentially... Look, if Will Levi's is available here, maybe a guy like Hendon Hooker in the latest mock draft, we have a Washington Commanders taking Hendon Hooker because I know uh, Hooker Dom is a guy that uh, you uh, you think that people need to keep an eye on, right? You were you're big out of him and you kind of like the way that he commands an offense and throws the football. And do you think Hendon Hooker can be a fit for this Patriots team? Uh, or do you think, you know, kind of later on in this draft, he gets taken and a team gets a very good value pick taking Hooker out of Tennessee? Because I know that you've said a lot of good things and seen a lot of good things that you like out of Hooker. Yeah, Hooker's going to be a guy that a lot of people's going to probably want to take, but not in the first round. He's going to go probably maybe even as far as the third round, believe it or not. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the Patriots, you're 100% right on that this is the most mysterious pick yeah. of the draft. Who will the New England Patriots take? And with all the information coming out that Mac Jones is probably going to be leaving this team, it's just mind-boggling because obviously, you know, Mac Jones wasn't that bad, but... We were never a fan of his, at least I wasn't uh, no. in the first place. So give me a quarterback here. You know what? If Will Levi is there, wow, that would be a really big steal for the New England Patriots. I know Belichick knows that he doesn't have much in Billy Zappi. But then again, it's Bill Belichick. You never know what he's going to do. Next thing you know, Billy Zappi is going to be your starting quarterback next year. But this team does need more offense. Juju Smith-Suster is great. I like it. Gazicki, great pickup. But give me another wide receiver if it's not a quarterback for the New England mm. Patriots. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't go offense. I think it's got to be a pick on offense here for the Patriots. At 15, we got another AFC East team, the New York Jets, who just landed superstar Aaron Rodgers. Um, they, they could go O-line, they could go D-line here. Um, they could go, I don't think they're going to go wide receiver. For me, it's an O-line pick here. Uh, you know, you, you get A-Rod, you know, he's old, uh, old. I mean, relatively old in terms of NFL terms. You want to make sure you protect him. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, one of these uh, big guys here in a, a mock draft. We have them taking uh, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. For me, that'd be a good pick. Uh, a big guy, a guy that's able to, uh, you know, move his feet quickly and protect the quarterback. I, I think the Jets go, uh, go O-line here if they stay at 15. I go another DB. I, I add wow, okay. another friend to Shoss Gardner. You get Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter Jr. You could see this, folks. This team's going to be loaded next year. They're going to have so much draft capital. This team is going in the right direction. Give me Christian Gonzalez. I think that he would be a fantastic DB to be beside Sauce Gardner. 
All right. I like it. You can never have enough DBs. That's what uh, people say in the NFL. Like you said, defense wins those championships. So that rounds out the top 15. Uh, we could go team by team here, potentially. Um, actually, before we do that, let me, uh, before we, um, I ask you, uh, you know, any other teams that you have a big pick, who do you think your Steelers are going to take time? You're a big Steelers guy. Uh, they're sitting there at number 17. I think, um, you know, they could, uh, <laughs> it's not about a lot of teams, but, you know, Pittsburgh has, you know, a few uh, holes to fill there. What, uh, what's your initial gut saying that, that, that your Steelers do at 17? I think they take O-line. I think that would be the right decision to protect your quarterback. You can't go wrong with that. But something tells me Joey Porter Jr. might end up in Pittsburgh. Huh. You know, we're all about family in Pittsburgh. And we see have we have a few guys, the Watt brothers. We yeah. have the Howard brothers. Now Joey Porter, you know, his son's in the NFL yeah. as of tonight. And uh, I think that the Steelers might be looking at him big time. I personally would go O-line, but don't be surprised if it's also a DB in Joey Porter Jr. Nice, nice. We talk about teams that have to hit the nail on the head. And, you know, I kind of picked an obvious team there in the Houston Texans. I pick at 2-12. and 12. The Detroit Lions have a pick at number 16 and a pick at 18. And, you know, it's not every year you get two picks in the first round, let alone two picks in the first 18. So Detroit is a fascinating team. I think that a lot of... You know, fans in the NFL love the Lions as long as you're, you know, they're not their bitter rivals and they're not in your division. It's just a fun team to root for, right? You have Dan Campbell, that's, you know, probably the most unique head coach in the NFL. And, you know, you talk about grit, and that's exactly what this Detroit Lions team is blue collar. You bring your lunch pail, we're going to run guys over, we're going to talk that talk, and, uh, you know, we're going to do what we need to do. This is a team that needs to, to hit a home run here. And I love the Lions, I love rooting for them. I think it's time for them to make the playoffs now, right? We talk about, you know, heading in the right direction, yada, yada. And, you know, like I said, a fun team to root for and a team that's made tremendous strides um, over the last few seasons. But now it's time to put the pedal to the metal and, you know, make that work and, you know, make it, um, you know, a, a, a long-term solution here for this Detroit Lions team to make the playoffs year in and year out. So this pick at eight. Here uh, we got a mock job scene. They take Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah, would be a good pick. I'm a big Michael Myers fan as he as a Notre Dame guy. Uh, I think he's big. You know, he's uh, kind of like almost like a, a third wide receiver you could put on that offense. Great blocking tight end as well. But Detroit has a big opportunity here to make some noise. And you know, with Aaron Rodgers leaving now, and you know, Minnesota, I think they always have their question marks. Chicago, you know, they still have some areas to 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 build upon. So Detroit, huge job for them here. And uh, I want to see what they do at six and at eighteen. Yeah, Detroit needs to nail this pick specifically. I think they're going to go linebacker. There's not going to be many linebackers taken before 18, if not zero, most likely. Yeah. So pick up your best linebacker that fits your system. I personally, this would be a bit of a, a reach with this guy by the name of Overshone that I absolutely love. But him, Henley, or Simpson, those are the inside linebackers that I do believe uh, that are going to be very good for any team in the NFL. Campbell is a good linebacker that some some people might like out there. But no matter what, go linebacker. If you're the Detroit Lions, you need linebackers because currently I don't think if Alex Anzalone is your best linebacker, you got a problem there. Yeah, right. Get a better linebacker if you're the Detroit Lions. Dom Demeester said it straight there. Hope we got some uh, Lions insiders listening to our show. Then you got Seattle, that they also have two picks in the first round. A lot of teams have two picks in the first round and teams that are heading in the right direction. So they have to uh, obviously, you know, kind of hit, hit a home run here. I could see them if they don't take a quarterback there early with their first pick at number five. I could see them taking a guy here at 20, a guy like Hendon Hooker or anybody else who's available. I don't think any of the top four guys will be available, but I could see them taking a quarterback here if Hooker is available. If not, I think that, you know, you're kind of stretching for another QB. I think that, you know, Hooker kind of runs out the tier, uh, maybe not tier one there, but, you know, guys that you could see going in the first round of quarterbacks there, uh, Seattle there sitting at 20. Then you got, you know, the Chargers, you got Minnesota, you got Jacksonville. For me, you know, a team that I think that needs to get it right here, and I'm curious to see what they what they do, is Tampa Bay at 19. Because, right, Tampa Bay, you don't got Tom Brady anymore. You got, you got uh, Kyle Trask out of Florida, who they drafted a few seasons ago. What do you do? 
to support a guy like him. I think, you know, you talk about their offense. They still have great pieces, right? You still got great pieces here. Uh, you know, you got Mike Evans, you got Godwin, and you got guys that can take the top off of defenses. So, uh, well, Julio Jones as well. So, you know, who knows what he's going to be able to do in, in his later part of the NFL season, NFL career. I want to know what Tampa Bay Buccaneers do here at 19. So they both... Excuse me. Continue building up that defense. Did they decide to go give an, an option to uh, Trust? They take a quarterback here to kind of uh, you know give uh, give uh, Kyle Trust some competition. I think that you know if you're the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, you potentially continue building on that defense, right? You got guys demanding trades uh, already in the offseason for Tampa Bay on that defense, which is surprising. Uh, I guess look, Tom Brady left now. People don't want to take the uh, they want to take the easy way out, and they want to have a, a, a franchise that it's established and not go through this quote unquote process of rebuilding. But I think if you tap it here, you pick a solid player, and you go anywhere here you want on defense, whether that's linebacker, whether that's tackle, whether that's uh, you know in the secondary here i think you, you know you think long and hard about this pick but i think this tampa bay team uh is going to be uh, a few questions to answer over the the next little part of the uh of the few weeks because you know they're going to look heck of a lot different but i think if you're tampa you pick your best defensive player available no matter what position that is and you plug them in and you're able to potentially start them in the offense uh, defense come week one for for the bucks yeah i like that i think that if devin white decides to be well, he's asked for a trade. Whether or not yeah. that actually is going to happen, we'll have to see. If Devin White leaves Tampa Bay, they have huge issues. He is the yeah. heart and soul of that defense. So I agree 100% with you. That defense would be the way to go. But, you know, tight end, you know, I Kate Otten. I'm not a big Kate Otten fan. And, you know, if you want to add some more bodies up there to get more points for Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, whoever ends up being QB, or yeah. heck, they might even draft a QB here as well. But I would go tight end. Give me the best best tight end that fits the system. A guy that I like is a massive tight end named Darnell Washington. Very mm. specific, one-of-a-kind tight end. 6'7", 275 pounds. If you had the opportunity, go look at his tape. It is just one to see. Big, big, big boy. Give me Darnell Washington for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here at 18 in a shocker. Damn, I like it. Well, there's always a few shockers, so you just never know what's going to happen. We have just over a minute left in the show. John, I'm going to throw it over to you quick. What do you think is going to be the biggest storyline to watch in today's NFL draft? A lot to look out for, but I want you to give me one quick thing that our NFL fans listening to the show should keep an eye on for tonight's draft. I think, I think honestly, Lamar Jackson might get traded. I think wow. that this is what we're going to see. This is all about Baltimore figuring out what what do they need to do, right? Because yep. they might draft their quarterback here. They might yep. draft Anthony Richardson. So I'm looking at for Baltimore to really close the books on the Lamar Jackson fiasco. Yeah, and seriously. I just think that hopefully that ends up being solved and we see uh, either Lamar as a Baltimore Raven or on another team. You and me both, Dominic. If I'm going to say one thing, I'm going to see the draft starts at number two. If you're a Texans fan and you're listening, I hope you want them to take C.J. Stroud. And I sure damn well hope they take C.J. Stroud because this Houston Texans team does not have time to get cute. If you're, if you're Houston, sit at number two and take a quarterback. Help out your offense. Get some fire for this team and this franchise. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to the show. It was great to be back. NFL draft is a few weeks away from sorry, a few weeks never mind a few weeks a few hours away from kickoff i'm excited for this one should be a great one we got great quarterbacks we got potential trades coming up for guys like lamar jackson and you just never know what happens in the nfl draft it is a thing of beauty all right folks thank you for listening we'll be back same place same time next week you were listening to cjlo 69 a.m in montreal <laughs>